Hi, I'm Dana Weeks, and I'm here today with Pete Kendall, co-editor of the Elliott Wave Financial Forecast. Pete, it's great to see you. It's been a while. Good to see you again, Dana. I really enjoyed your April edition of the Elliott Wave Financial Forecast. There's so much great information in there, and you focus on deflation. And I'm curious as to why this is on your radar when we've been hearing so much about inflation lately. Well, a deflationary phenomenon doesn't need people to not believe in it for it to happen. In fact, later on when we get into a, a, a structural deflation, it will intensify as people expect it to do so. But in the turn into the deflation, it's common for people to not expect it at all. And that's kind of what we see uh, at this point. So Pete, how does this fit in with history? We're transitioning into a grand super cycle degree bear market. Therefore, we have a much longer term trend change. We have a top in 2000, again in 2007, and kind of a, uh, a mini deflation, or um, I guess the people that were in real estate at the time wouldn't call it that, but um, it, was, it was a brief deflation that um, we, will see, we believe will be revisited in the next phase of decline in the, in the next phase of the bear market. Pete, one of the things that you focused on in the newsletter is the real estate markets. What are your key takeaways? Real estate's kind of the epicenter of a deflation. People have their property, people's property is what's most important to them and how they, their store of value given the prior rise. They, they know only higher prices and that is impacted by in real estate almost to the, to the highest degree. So in 1835, the stocks peaked in, in that year and then two years later, the real estate market had, had a speculative frenzy that then reverted into a crash. In 1929, it was more coincident. Real estate and stocks peaked together and crashed together. And from 2000 to the current point in time, we've had a long peaking process. And in the middle of that, in 2007, we had the, the peak in real estate, or at least for US housing, as we showed in the chart that was in the most recent issue. It was called the housing bust is back. As you can see, the housing peak came actually two years before the peak in stocks. That's 2005, the arrow on the chart. That's A wave down, then we had a B wave up, and now we're, in a, we're entering a C wave down. In many of the key markets that we discussed in the latest issue, particularly in New York, sales are down 25% in the first quarter. That's a key indicator, and um, you can see prices starting to act that way, and especially like Toronto and some of the other major lead markets, we're seeing a reversal. You also mentioned that China is the key to many real estate markets, even outside of Asia. How does this work, Pete? Well, China is actually playing the role of New York in 1929. It has the highest concentration of world's tallest buildings at this point, as we call, we talked about this in past issues. And we're starting to see, as we noted, a, a reversal in housing prices. That This is not material at this point, but we think it will become so in the very near future. China will become the subprime real estate problem of 2008. And I just have to mention this fact. I thought this was so fascinating. You state that China's latest building boom is the greatest in recorded history. Yeah, and that's because of the tall building factor, which I talked about a minute ago, but also the, the, you know, the, the building of complete towns, ghost towns, actually, in many cases. Nobody lives there. They're built to spur on the economy, but they haven't yet found a efficient use for them, and they never will, in our opinion. And aside from real estate, what other deflationary signs do you see? Well, there's many, of course, and they're all covered in the latest issues. It's been an amazing three months, really. Um, I'd say the biggest one is the debt situation. In China, 
the debt, total debt, that would be corporate debt, government debt, and uh, personal debt is 256% of GDP. That's historically high number, especially for China. Um, in the U.S., it's 300%. Um, these numbers are okay as long as the economy is humming, but once it starts to stall, it's going to add up fast. It's going to become a big problem. Of course, in the U.S., we now have trillion-dollar debt in student loans, credit card debt. Uh, and we have this chart of subprime auto housing, which shows us that, that its default ratios are already rising. That'll happen across the economy in, in, in the not-too-distant future. Thanks for your time, Pete. Oh, thank you for having me, Dana.